It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I'm your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, we have Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. Hey, John. What's going on, man? It's uh, it's uh, it's it's like the summertime abyss now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just, not, it's not the great abyss, but the summertime abyss. Yeah, we, we don't have college sports yet, but we're still trying to find just whatever we can get into and just try to try to own it, but... At least it's been been some good news. Uh, and, and as you know, uh, being a, a Scotty as myself, I have been busy a little bit getting my son to hockey camp because it is July, which is you know the beginning <laughs> of hockey season. Because uh, <laughs> that's because when I think of July, that's what I think about is hockey. I'm thinking of laying down a sheet of ice, which I yes. think I mentioned last week. I helped paint the ice, uh, and then this week J- Jacob was out there. Uh, he's been doing camp. Seriously, it's like a job because this camp is one week long. Uh, we're dropping him off at, oh, what is it, 8, 8.30, so he can start by 9. Uh, so trying to get in there between 8.30 and 9 so he can get dropped off and, and ready and out out to do stuff. And then picking him up at 4. Like, like It's a full job. we got to drop him off with a lunch. It's fantastic. It's it's good times. And he's, he's enjoying it, so that's the best part. Uh, he's enjoying it and, and getting getting better and continuing to grow so that's always fun but yes yes so. yes yeah great times anything over there uh no a lot of camping we've been out of town a lot lately um a lot of work stuff going on so i've been uh been yeah. busy yes. john i've been uh, uh running around a lot so that's what uh fun. yeah no the the kids were up north uh visiting our old where we used to live in duluth uh that area Duluth. last week so and then uh, yeah no i just continue i haven't been able to watch any games so <laughs> I, i'm gonna let you hold my hand i did get to see uh this uh saturday night game against uh cincinnati i did happen to see that one the best one to so. watch i think yeah it was a good fun yeah, game definitely uh, was so yeah before we get into much in anything though we'd like to remind everybody that you can follow us all on twitter as well and uh this show itself has a twitter feed which is at scotty johnny pod you can find me at not so humble host, and I know Aaron, you're on Twitter because I follow you, and all the people I trust follow you. Yeah, and uh, I uh, you can find me at Cheddar Talk, John at Cheddar Talk. I did not move over to Threads though, and <laughs> I don't. I think everyone like hard stopped and moving over to Threads, especially when they found out that if you sign up for Threads, but then you want to d- delete your Threads account, you lose your Instagram account too. Fun, that's fun. So I think a lot of people went, oh. Ho, 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 and I think Threads is already dead. Is it? Mm-mm. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. So I don't know. I don't think you can kill anything on uh, social media anymore uh, after, except for MySpace, I guess. But, you know, if it's Facebook and Twitter are still kicking around, I don't think yeah. things can be killed. But, yeah. <laughs> MySpace is still there, man. Cool. The only thing I liked about MySpace, and this is dating ourselves here because uh, this was in college, is that they actually had a way of going and changing the cursor on the page. Oh yeah, they right. made they made it really easy. So my cursor was actually the flag of the state of Wisconsin. 
Oh, very nice. Yeah, so when you went around to click on things, it was the Wisconsin <laughs> state flag uh, was your cursor. <laughs> I liked I liked that you could have your own music when you started up. Yep. You you learned some basic uh, uh, computer uh, language because mm-hmm. if you wanted to do certain things, you had to actually learn how to write code. Yeah, it was and like then, adding uh, the cursor. Yeah, and then you could make pick your top eight friends. Because <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta make it competitive, right? Yeah, you gotta you know <laughs> really eight. really really single out the people who uh, you don't like. So you gotta you gotta move them up and down. Let them know that they need to give you a little more time. <laughs> You know what, John? You know, I was just thinking by by next. Oh, no, I guess it is gone. Is it gone? It's gone. Never mind. Oh. I was gonna say maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll make a MySpace account before next week, and we'll talk about it on the show. That would be fun. Except for I don't think we can because you just said it's gone. All right, everybody. Well, let's kick on into uh, all the things that are actually happening now in the segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, so the main event is Brewers, which is the only professional sport going on right now. Uh, so that's something. Uh, before we get to the games, I think that one of the biggest things is uh, Brent or Brandon Woodruff is making a rehab start. So he will be making a start this week in Appleton uh, with the Timber Rattlers. Yeah. yeah. And that's especially fun after the way Tehran pitched today. Um, we talked about this. Tehran was pitching great. Like the first three, four starts, he was just keeping them in games and they couldn't score for him. He was going full on, you know, uh, sheets mode. Um, right. And just, yeah, it was that, but he couldn't. And now, now he's good for four runs a game, it seems, in five or six innings. Uh, hasn't given us a quality start in, I believe, his last three or four at least. And um, it's getting harder with that. Uh, he's still, I mean, they were in it. Uh, they managed to score three. Uh, Brewers continue to have just fantastic uh, winning percentage if they score at least four runs. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. Uh, I think it was... I'm just trying to go through because I, I sometimes I just text Aaron these little stats just so I know right. where I'll find the stats. Uh, <laughs> like during games, things come up. I was like, oh man, look at that. Brewers 43 and 9. 43 and 9 when they score four or more runs. Fantastic. Best in the league. But yeah, you got to get to four runs. So if they can get to four runs, they're in great shape. But no, um, they just they got to three today. They had a runner on second with one out and then just a, a really bad strikeout by uh, Owen Miller. Uh, just that ball was just so far away and he just, uh, mm-hmm. it was it was a bad, bad swing. Uh, and then uh, a pop out to the outfield to end and the game. Uh, just yeah, it was it. it it, it was rough, but the, the thing that I, I guess I still take some comfort in is that the Brewers were in this and they, I mean, they were down three, nothing pretty quickly and fought their way back to three, two. They went to four, two, then they went to four, three, and they were still there in the ninth with the guy on second base. Uh, even though this, the Phillies were just hitting everything they had, was it the, you know, I mean, they didn't bat the bottom of the ninth, but they batted the eight innings in those eight innings, six times. They put the very first batter on base. And they only scored four runs. Uh, and some of that has to just be with how good the Brewers' defense has been. 
And the one I want to single out the most in the last couple of weeks that's been particularly fun to watch is Terang. Uh, he's so good at the glove. I wish he could hit. <laughs> I guess he'd be so right. dangerous. And I think he'll get there. I think he's obviously very young. But, man, his glove is so good. I mean, just the plays he can get to and and make happen. He had a play where he charged the ball and knew enough to make the tag. And then while not slowing down at all, turned and threw the ball to the first baseman is now behind him. He's on the grass after he makes the tag. He takes two more steps, turns, and, like, sidearm whips it. Perfect throw. Perfect throw to uh, Miller to get the double play. Next guy also got a hit, so that was a huge double play that he turns. Being that alert and making that play, uh, he's had some just phenomenal plays out there. Uh, there was there was a fun almost double play that happened uh, in the last game against the Reds. I don't, that was the Sunday game. Uh, he tried. They got a runner on first. I can't remember who the runner was, and then they, they tried bunting him over. The bunt was terrible. It went straight up in the air, popped almost like a line drive over to Owen Miller at first. Yep. who then catches it and tries to spin and get the tag down, but almost gets knocked out by the player who's like, oh, crap, they're going to catch that. you know. And he goes back. Right. And uh, that was that would have been, man, that would have been an incredible double play. It would have been just amazing to watch. But uh, the biggest. Did I ever tell you that I yeah. pulled off an unassisted uh, triple play in bar league softball? No way. Really? Yeah. Playing second base. It's the only way you can do it. Okay. I mean, technically, I guess you could do it at third base, too, if someone was – and first base. I, no, second to third. You could do it at third if the guy running from second to third on a line drive didn't see you catch it. So, yeah. you know, I was, playing, I, was playing, I was playing deep second base against a righty. So in bar league softball, you put on the shift. I'm standing right behind second base, right? Right. Dude just crushes one right up the middle, right over top the pitcher's head. I'm running up, literally catch it about an inch off the ground, snag it, step on second base and the dude running from first was a full bore sprint. He couldn't stop. And like, literally he fell down on the ground trying <laughs> to stop to run back and just sat there. And I tagged him. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, the only way that's you can awesome. Do that. that is awesome feeling by the way. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Like, it's it so that. fast. It all happens in like the minute matter of two and a half seconds too. If you think about it from the time you hit it to catch it, step on second and then tag like the umpire at home was like, did that just like he was even said like he like looked at everybody? Did he just do that? And I was like, yes. yes it I also did. needs to be and no outs. Like, yeah, I think he, I think he caught it. Stepped on second and tagged that dude on the way back to first. <laughs> That's amazing. Crazy. It, like he couldn't even it, like as it was happening too. Like I he hit it and it was going towards second and I knew exactly what was going to happen because <laughs> I came off second ready to throw to first, but that dude hadn't really processed that I had the ball in my glove yet. So, nice. anyways. I back to the professional baseball. As a center fielder, I never got to do any of that. <laughs> it was just yeah. get to the ball. Um, yeah. yeah. The the other big thing to talk about, uh, and I think, is the most important part of what happened in this the sweep of the Reds, which was, I mean, we just played essentially six straight with an All Star break in between, six straight against right. the Reds, and won five of them. That happened last year too, didn't it? Something like that. I mean, and remember, we talked about this. Next Monday, we'll start the last series the Brewers will play against the Reds. The Brewers have already won the season series because they have won all three uh, series against them. They will play them at home because they won two series on the road. <laughs> uh, I think they went 3-1 and one and 3-0 and oh in Cincinnati this year. So 6-1 yeah. and one all, all combined 
in Cincinnati at the Great American Ballpark. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that gets them the tiebreaker if they tie, which is great because then there's no extra game. There's just there's a tiebreaker because you could create tiebreaker rules, which it took baseball 300 years to figure out, but it's happening now. But the biggest part of this series, I think, was after you know Ilya De La Cruz drove in the game tying run and then scored the game winning run over like um, just stealing second, third, and, and home on two pitches, which is crazy. And he's incredibly good. And I still think he's incredibly good. But in the next four games, he went 0 and 16 with five strikeouts. That's huge. Uh, you took the single most exciting electric player on their offense who's also a pretty good fielder, although he did have one error in that time as well. But, I mean, he plays in a position where that stuff will happen. Uh, you, you took him entirely out of the game. He was a complete no-show. I think in the, the Friday game, he struck out three times, right? I mean, like, it was absolute domination by them. Burns came in looking great. Peralta came out looking great. And then Hauser looked good enough. And if we can get Woodruff back and if we can get burns back on track Peralta can still be you know here and there awesome you know every other game is lights out uh that would be fine the Brewers will be just fine in this super weak central right now yeah um but yeah uh burns getting the one nothing win this what'd they say it was like it's the first time in 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 the Brewers history they have won back-to-back one nothing games in yes, 19- I, I did hear that on the on the broadcast. They said in 1970 they won one nothing, and then the next game lost one nothing, and then won one nothing the next game, but not you know winning two in a row back to back. And then take into that the three nothing win that, that you were watching there too. Um, yeah. that is three straight shutouts against one of the hottest teams in baseball. I mean, not the Braves or or the the Rays, but we'll the that. Reds. We'll see that this weekend, yeah. Yeah, the the Braves or sorry, the yeah the Braves and, and Rays have been just great this year, uh, and Cincinnati started off kind of slowly and then has been pouring it on, and especially once Dela Cruz came up, they've been just phenomenal. Their offense has been scoring at a high rate, and they got a lot of good hitters. I mean, Jonathan India has been doing a lot of great work for them. Um, they they steal bases like their hairs on fire and their backsides mm-hmm. catching. You know, um, just. It's uh, they're they're an aggressive team. They're a young team and they're a fast team, and uh, they're they're still going to be good. They're they're playing the Giants right now, and uh, it is back to being a high scoring team over there because there was it was just eight eight I think a hot second ago, uh, and now it is now it's, yeah it's eight eight now it was seven eight now it's eight eight in the seventh, so eight runs against the Giants who are not a slouch team, uh, and they scored three total runs over four games against the Brewers. Uh, they did score eight. They did score eight in that one game. They beat us, but you know, six runs in the other five games. So that's, they're getting it done with the, a couple guys in the starting end. And if they can just get a lead to the bullpen at this point, that's kind of it. Cause Miller's been fantastic in that bullpen. Milner, uh, Hobie Milner has been really good out there. Uribe has been great since he came up a couple weeks back. Um, he's been fantastic to watch. Got a lot of speed. He was hitting, he was hitting triple digits today, and and he's got that kind of power there. Uh, the Airbenders look great. He gets three straight saves against the Reds and gets you know Monday off because they had no game and today off because they weren't winning. 
and uh, yeah, they're getting getting a lot of guys. Piamps too. Piamps has been looking very good. So they've kind of settled in that bullpen because it was really rough early on. Remember? Uh, right. We were counting on Strzelecki for giant innings early on, and he kind of broke under that. But they've got four or five guys back there. They got about five guys back there that are consistently going to be there getting ready for the setup with either Piamps or Uribe uh, and letting the airbender come in there and, and take it down in the ninth. But yeah, no, it's been it, it's been good to watch, I think, at this point. That, that getting that set up, I think, is going to hopefully, you know, if you can lock down one segment of things, it gets a lot of other things going. Uh, the fact that they've kind of monkeyed around with what the infield's going to look like. But seriously, having Terang and Adamas right up the middle, uh, just, I mean, balls go to die anywhere in there. Those guys are mm-hmm. so good. And it makes the pitchers feel like they can go wherever they want on the plate because if it gets hit, if it doesn't go out, they're going to get to it. Right. Um, Perkins has not been a great bat, but Perkins has been a fantastic left fiel- or right fielder. Um, he's been really good with the glove and with his arm. Weimer's got incredible speed and, and takes away a lot of hits with, with his ability in center field. Yeah, uh, the defense on this team is still a big strength. The bullpen has been a strength, and what they need to do now is feel confident that they can always come back because they've shown they can. I think they said since it was a June 20th, June 18th, the Brewers are second in major leagues in comeback wins behind the Reds and tied with the Orioles. So they've, they didn't do any of that in the first half of this, you know, the first quarter or first third of the season. They did not come from behind at all until they had that one against the Pirates a little bit back. And since then, they've been really good at that. They've been finding ways to to come back, and they don't feel like they're out of games now. They think they're getting more confident with what is a very young team again. And so you feel like they can get things done. So, yeah, I, I think there's room for optimism right now. Uh, true story, though. So I've been kind of out of the loop with uh, a lot of work stuff lately here. Uh, what's going on with Rowdy Tellez? By the way, still not in. Uh, still playing. He's still out with the um, forearm injury. Um, no rehab start set up at this point yet. So I don't know when we're expecting him to come back. I, Miller is has been a nice kind of hitter, but where the Brewers are getting killed right now is we do not have a true third baseman or first baseman. Right. We have an entire team made up of shortstops. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like Terang is, is a shortstop who plays second, which is right. great when they, they pull the ball you know, to, to the right. Um, but, I mean, we have two shortstops up the middle. We have kind of a second baseman playing first and uh, the second baseman playing third. Uh, we have a whole team of middle infielders, and we don't have any real corner power. Uh, Yelich has been lights out for, I don't know, the last month and a half now. He's yeah, been fantastic. No, he's, on, he's on fire right now. Um, yeah, just just tearing it apart. So that's that's been great. He's been holding him in there. Adamas continues to find ways to shine. Every couple of games, he just carries carries the entire offense. Um, yeah, he's still got the he's still got the big strikeout potential, though. And uh, so, yeah, he's got a lot of power, but his average could go up a little bit. But, yeah, his... Like we said, we've got a lot of great gloves in the infield, but we, we don't have a real – we don't have – what we've seen is that we didn't have any plan for another first baseman because Miller, no. Miller's not a first baseman. No. Um, and, 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 well, and that's – you know, we always said that too. Like when, 
when Rowdy got to the team, it was like, ah, oh, well, you know, the, the average is low, but you know what? He's a typical first baseman. And then he has regressed back to the mean. Um, injury or not, this, this season has not been great. Um, he's no. good. He's big bodied first baseman who's good at first base. But yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, Miller's actually stepped down in the glove at first, too. Like, being, being very honest at this point, and I don't think Miller's a terrible glove, but I think that Rowdy's better at that position because he knows the first base position it's different he's played it his whole life yeah as opposed to owen miller you know it's a, it's that line from uh um uh, <laughs> Moneyball. Moneyball. play first yeah, base been, tell him how easy been, it is it's incredibly difficult don't listen difficult. to him it's, very, <laughs> it's incredibly difficult it's incredibly that's difficult, incredibly difficult. <laughs> that's a fun movie but yeah I, I don't know yeah so no i mean i think about that too like you know because I remember Paul Molitor ended up playing first base at the end of his career with the Brewers too. Yeah, he couldn't move as much. Yeah, so everyone yeah. forgets that he's everyone forgets he started off as a third baseman. That ball so. is way closer to you, you know. Like you know, like they call it the hot corner at third for a reason. Is you're only ninety feet away. It, you are further away at second and short. That ball. Yeah, no. And Paul was a really good third baseman, but yes. he got hurt a lot in the eighties when he was mm-hmm. with the Brewers. So he yeah. did most of his damage late in his career when he was playing first base. And I think he was DH when he was in Toronto. Yeah, a lot of DH. Yeah. A lot of DH. Um, once he moved over back to the American, I guess he was American league in, with the Brewers too, but once he moved back to the American, well, he was always in the American league. Yep. Yeah. The Brewers didn't move till after. He was never not in the American league. Correct. Anyways, Correct. Good job, Aaron. Way to put that one together. Nailed it. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, I remember too, like BJ Surhoff ends up moving to first base towards the end of his career. People forgetting about how good of a catcher he was. He's a great catcher. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable catcher. Um, uh, Even like, uh, what's his name with the twins? Um, Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer. Creighton Durham High School. Yeah. Amazing catcher. Moved to first base, it's like, oh, great, you hit a lot of singles, you know. Yeah. And we need some power out of this corner right here, boy, you know. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Are there a lot of good first basemen out there in Major League Baseball these days, like classic, old-fashioned Frank Thomas kind of first baseman? Um, well, Brayu, even though he's having a down year, mm-hmm. um, he's really that kind of guy. Um. Man, yeah, a lot of the power is coming out of the outfield right now. I mean, like, you'd think that Judge, being as super tall as he is, would be there. But, I mean, like, he's in center field because he can also super move because he's not human. He's a right. robot built to play baseball. Yeah. Um, he, it's it's um, Rocky Four, except for he's a center fielder, you know. You know, people pine for the days of uh, Jesus Aguilar. Jesus Aguilar is not a power hitter either. No. He was a, he was a, he was a four average first baseman, too. Good doubles so. machine, too. You yeah, know, like he had that going for him, which is nice. But yeah, it's like I'd like to see more power out of the corners. We spent a lot of time last couple of years trying to shore up getting a bunch of guys like Adamus and Abreu, or not Adamus, Abreu, Adamus and Urias and Terang and Hira, and now we've got a ton of middle infielders. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, Hira's still working his way around in AAA, and uh, you know, Urias there's, there's... Is out there somewhere, yeah. Yeah, he's he's down in the minors too. But the thing is, yeah, there's just there's no room on the team for those guys. We have a ton of those guys, but we don't have a real power hitting first baseman who can do those things. Th- this team needs bats. Uh, the I mean, pitching is getting around to it. We need some guys who can step up and hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Owen Miller. I mean, it keeps him on the on the. I mean, he's only five eleven, which 
that also too about a first baseman. I think right. when I think of first baseman, I think of Richie Sexton. Um, yeah. uh, but no, I mean, right now Owen Miller has got a war of uh, plus 0.8, which you, it, it's not great, but I'd rather have a positive war than a negative war. And, uh, you know, he's batting 280. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not bad. I'd, I'd take that over what Rowdy was doing for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he wasn't getting anything done at that point. So it was, it was rough because that was one of the guys you're really hoping would help some of these young guys by getting up some of those runs while they're doing it. Because <laughs> right now, Terang is mostly in there you know, to continue learning how to hit a little bit better. But because his glove is incredible. I'm on and, uh, baseball. I'm on Baseball Reference right now, looking at one Miller's stat line right now. It's actually looks. No, it's not bad. When it went on paper, and you're looking at it, you're like, "Oh, that's not bad." No, like, I mean it's he, falling at, off, but he's still. It has. He's been 283, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. I was like, yeah, he's still well, 280 rate. 280 right now. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, not an exquisite amount of uh, home runs or. No, but I mean, it, it's still, like I said, it's still better than what Rowdy was putting up, man. Rowdy was putting up just trash. Yeah, he couldn't get anything over. Um, right now, Weimer had some good games. He's hit well in spots, but I mean, he's in there because man, can he control that outfield? He can, he can move. Takes away a lot of hits. So I mean, we've got several guys who are out there to get that defense going and help out that pitching staff. And we need, we I mean, like we really need Adamus and Yelich to continue producing. Or you're in trouble. Uh, if we get a game where Terrain gets us two hits, we'd better win. Uh, if Weimer gets us a home run, we'd better win. Uh, and that's kind of where we are now. I mean, it, it is also, like we said, get to four runs. Uh, hurry up and get yourself there. They've been way better at, at everything you said that you wanted to see last year. Uh, I mean, like, obviously Saturday they hit three home runs, right? Three single home runs. But they've been producing runs they have not been just a mashing team anymore they've been finding ways to get guys over they've been just working counts and getting themselves in position to get these singles and they've been doing a good job of that um they've been way better at it than what they were last year i think is my biggest take you know but here's what it is anything else no, I was just looking at I'm, I'm baseball reference now, which this is like a rabbit hole for me. I could be on here all day long. I just <laughs> went and strolled over and looked at Rowdy's, and Rowdy's like negative 0.5 war. His yeah. hard hit percentage is 38.7%, which is the lowest of his career by almost 10%. His line drive percentage is really low. It's it's 24%. Uh, ground ball percent. Like, it's just, yeah, he's... He's having a really bad year. <laughs> it's it, it, it in the, the the average kind of disguises it too, because like oh he's just it's just back to what he was for you know back in the Toronto days before he came to Milwaukee and it's like no 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 when he played he was consistently better. He's still on and off though. He's got that Brett Saberhagen thing though yeah. going where he's good every other year. Um, yeah, but this year I mean. I mean, even last year with 35 and 89 for home runs and RBIs, and we're talking uh, how many strikeouts? 121, 121 strikeouts isn't that bad anymore these days, but uh, still only 219. Um, and then last year was his first full season. You know, you yeah. figured there'd be some promise coming out of it, but I mean, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's, it's a long OPS. season. It, it's the weird part about baseball too is that you can go into a slump for a third of the season in the middle of the year and still have been 
great for most of it, and that's fine because it's like you can't, you know, like you can hit an NFL season and, and maintain a, a a period of dominance over 16 weeks in which you only have to show up one day a week to be great, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I only mean like the games. You're just there for the games, even though you have to obviously practice. I'm not, I'm not encouraging people to not practice. I, I mean, his his, his, um, his OPS this year is the lowest of his career, and it's not even close. <laughs> Yeah, like just he had he had a lower OPS coming to the Brewers when he got traded two years ago from Toronto, but by the end of the year he was up to seven nineteen. He's at six seventy two right now. Yeah, for OPS. it's just that's that's not that shouldn't be in the major leagues. <laughs> Sorry, nope. no, no, which is why he's you know injured, and I'll air quote that at this time mm. that he is injured, um, but he's yeah, it's been rough for him there still. I know. I feel bad. I want him to do well. Like he's a very likable player, um, I want him to do well, but God yeah. knows. All right, so the Giants in the top of the seventh have bases loaded, two outs. They're up nine eight. Just brief updates for a game that is already over by the time you listen to us. Um, but if they can stay ahead of Cincinnati, the, the Brewers will stay two games up for today. Uh, then they'll have Colin Ray, who I mean, quite honestly, um, I will always think of the country music singer when they say Colin Ray first. Uh, and then I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, the Brewers have a Colin Ray, don't they? Yes, and then they I'll come back to it because, yes, they do. Oh, wouldn't that be great if him and Mason Crosby hooked up? <laughs> Colin Ray, Mason Crosby? Yeah. Okay. Mason Crosby. So Mason Crosby is also a very country name, too. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so tomorrow will be Colin Ray, and the Phillies will be throwing out Sanchez, Christopher Sanchez. Uh yeah, he's twenty six. He's zero and three. He's zero and five career. Uh, he's got a three point two six ERA in six starts. Point nine nine WHIP though. So yeah, Brewers are gonna have to find ways to get on base. That this um this is a rough stretch to get. I keep saying this, I think, but um the one time too when I said the Brewers need to make hay on this is when they got swept by the Athletics. Um, but, I mean we've got. Phillies, you know, two more games against the Phillies here, uh, and that's that's a good team with a high salary payroll, a lot of hitters up and down the order, and playing in Philadelphia, uh, mm-hmm. finishing up what is a six-game road stretch before they come back home and play the Braves, who are the best team in the National League, uh, and just continue to play like it. That team is, is good and playing really, really well. Uh, so, yeah, and we'll be, Aaron and I, uh, and the family, We'll all be down there for the Braves game Saturday night, so we'll have stuff for that. But, yeah, Woo-hoo. it's going to be an interesting time there. And then they'll get the Reds again. Um, right. I think the Brewers have a good matchup with the Reds for whatever reason. Uh, th- this is here's the other thing that I found hilarious is in, in listening and watching the, the Cubs series and the, the Reds series here, the, the Reds had one all-star as a relief pitcher. The Brewers had one all-star as a relief pitcher. The Cubs had, like, three all-stars. Right. How do they have three all stars? They're not Cause, good because they're the Cubs. And because yeah. people vote on this crap, and it's just yeah. Ugh. Well, Brewers fans used to do that too, but yeah. just... well, people vote on it, and they know the Cubs, and so they vote on the Cubs, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know any of these Brewers," and they don't vote yeah. for them. Hey, did you uh, did you see what the free giveaway is on Saturday night? It is the beach towel City it Connect. Is. City Connect Beach Tonight. Um, first I'm, I'm 30,000 fans, and we plan to be there early. So, yeah, I don't want to get my early. beach towel. Last are, we time, right, are we going through right field or left field? I think it's the for the, the box seats. There's the special, the, the entrance for the box seats. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll, you'll be coming with us. Don't worry. We'll, we'll drive right. you out there. 
Um, yeah, are, last are, year, are, we, are we doing general parking or? Uh, uh, yeah, there's I, there's parking passes with it. We'll take care of it afterwards. We, we, okay, we will good. sort this out, you and me. We got it. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Last year when we went to the game, I got the 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 game where it was the Robin Yount powder blue jersey giveaway. Oh, oh so happy. The thing is, I already own a Robin Yount powder blue jersey, <laughs> but this one is cheaper, and which means it's thinner and feels nicer, actually. <laughs> right, exactly. uh, but it also says Gruber Law Offices. Of course which, it does. Which, as I believe does. from the commercials, is actually pronounced as Loffices. Loffices, yeah. Not law offices, but Gruber Loffices. Just uh, to say Gruber Ambulance Chasers. Like uh, like it's French. Loffices. Loffices. Hey, if you want to get a kick, uh, <laughs> go to uh, Terang's uh, baseball reference page. Okay. His profile picture, because he's wearing the uh, the glove hat, right? He okay. looks like he could have been on the 1982 Brewers. The picture's just a little bit fuzzy. Okay. And it, it looks like he could have played alongside Robin Yount and Paul Molitor. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, well, and then the other guy is that, uh, if you look at he Weimer enough, like he, he, take he take a like... Weimer photo in, in the, the blues or whatever, and then put it, I mean, especially since he's, they've got the, the yellow-fronted hats, right, with the, right. the glove, and put that next to an image of 1970s uh, Robin Yount. He's like, these guys are, this is these are twins. What is happening? Right. Obviously, he's way taller than Robin Yount was, yeah. <laughs> but, but they look so similar with that very pale little little mustache look, the the longer hair, and you're like, oh my yeah. gosh, look at this guy! I've seen yeah, this. We, we, Weimer is a big dude. So a no, big like, dude. but but Brad Strang looks like a utility, which is exactly what he is. He looks like a utility infielder from the early 1980s. <laughs> Just that picture. It's so weird. It's such a weird picture. Anyways, good dude. I like him. Yeah, it's nice. He's, Plus point three. That's I. Did, I was going through the whole Brewers lineup, and they're all like plus point three. Yeah, <laughs> the entire entire lineup is just. Yeah, they're just just a little bit better than average. But the thing is, is they're all like there's so much young talent on this team. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see them get a little bit. Yelich is Yelich is back up to point two eight now, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, Yelich's career WAR is thirty eight point nine. Did you know that? No. I never and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. War confuses the crap out of me sometimes. It is it is a confusing stat. Where I'm like, is that good? It. You know, like there's some numbers where you go and they're like, oh wow, that's awesome. And then they come in, they're like, hey man, this guy's got a plus minus catch ratio of like eighty seven point two. I'm like, oh is that is that is that good? I don't well, know. I after, just made up this number. Like, oh, geez. After 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 an absolutely terrible start in the batting average, too, he's back up to two eighty six now, which is the highest batting average he's had since uh, twenty nineteen, when he should have won his second MVP. <laughs> and you know, I'm looking back at it now, and people complain that he strikes out a lot, like he's striking out more. He struck out a lot back then, too. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's he's look great. He's yeah, he's looking good. I mean. 13 and 49, 286 batting average, OPS of 850. I mean, and someone was saying the other day, I think it was um, uh, Kuhn and Butch, maybe, or it was Hell or one of the two, or one of of them, um, that this is where, so at the Hallster game in 2018, this is where his stat line was in 2018. Okay. He wasn't an all star in 2018. I don't. No, he was an all-star. He was an all-star, but his numbers were okay 
but then he went on a tear in the second half that lasted into the next year that is up there with any player in Major League Baseball history. He had 343 total bases in 2018, John. <laughs> that means he averaged almost 2.1 bases a game. Yeah. That's ridiculous if yeah. you stop and you think about it. Yeah, no, he's, it's good to see him back and it is. feeling it's like himself. So, yeah, when, a... when can he move back to the three spot? <laughs> or do you even bother moving him back to the three spot? I don't. I like having him there for guys like Adamus or someone else to to pull in. Like I like having him. He's he's fast enough and he's he's on base so much that I don't know that he's more valuable in the three because who's getting out in front of him to make it more valuable to have him behind them? And he's fast. I don't he's know. Thirty one. He's thirty one and he is still fast. He definitely is. So that's he, he. He is a ninety-nine for base running. I don't know what it actually is on MLB the Show, but he is a ninety-nine base runner too. <laughs> he, I mean, he's really good. He he's is. really good on the base path. You don't see him make a lot of mistakes. Um, he's already up to twenty-one steals this year. Yeah, which that's a nice sign too, because that's what he used to. I mean, in the twenty eighteen year when he was MVP, he had twenty-two stolen bases. The next year when he should have been. He had better numbers. <laughs> he should have been the MVP again. He had 30 steals. He had 44 home runs, 97 RBI, and 30 steals with a 329 batting average, which led the league. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And an OPS of 1.1. <laughs> that's I, wow. Yeah. That's and cool. he got second in MVP that year. I mean, that was better than the year before. But <laughs> yeah. It is good. It's good to see him back, and it's but in in in, a, in, in just in a very bare bones look at things, it's a return on investment. They mm-hmm. spent so much money to re-sign him, and the first three years of that re-signing or first two years of that re-signing were garbage, just garbage. You know, like he regressed to the mean, and then beyond that, I mean, what he was do- what he was doing in Florida or what he was doing in Miami before that wasn't that bad. He was a 280, 300 batting average guy down there. You know, he wasn't popping the home runs as much, but he was, you know, OPS in the high 700s and, you know, still stealing bases and maybe not playing the most, but like he still had, you know, really good numbers. Yeah. Had a gold glove at one point in 2014, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and he was number 19th in MVP voting uh, in 2016. So, like, he had, you know, it's, it's like what he's been the last two years is not him. And, yeah, please, 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 Yelich, just come back. Just we need <laughs> one. We need one all-star on the offensive side of the ball on this team. Yeah. Because you're talking about, oh, Woodrow's coming back. He's doing a rehab start. He'll be ready for the playoffs. Great. So we can lose one to zero yet again. Yeah. You know, well- what we learned is there's like 52 games in which they've scored at least four runs. I mean, they've played way more than that, but you know, in those games, the 39 of their wins are ones where they scored four runs or more. So yeah, it's, I mean, got to find ways to, to get those runs though. You keep working to increase that. Uh, you, if, I mean, if you've got to manufacture them, you got to manufacture them. I mean, that's just, right. this how it goes. Uh, but yeah, like we said, uh, Bra- finishing up with this, uh, then Braves, and then Reds, and then Braves, but then the Nationals. So <laughs> that's at least a little bit here. Uh, like we said, August Nationals, Pirates, Rockies, 
Uh, that that could be a decent little run. But then you're going to have to get deal with going to L.A. to play the Dodgers and then down to Texas to play the Rangers. Those are those are two teams that hit really well. Rangers, I think, are leading the league in batting average right now, too. Uh, really? So that, yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, they could have a, a good little stretch here with the national, you know, in Washington with the Nationals. Come home to play Pirates and Rockies to start August off, and then in Chicago to play the White Sox, who are not good. Uh, but yeah, that could be a good two week stretch. Hopefully, if they can just get through this bit of playing, you know, six games against the, uh, the you know, in a home and home kind of setup uh, with the Braves, with a series against the Reds in between. So that's a well, it's actually it's a nine game stretch there. Once they get done with the the Phillies, who are also good. So yeah, this is going to be a stretch of, of a lot of winning teams here in a row, and then you get a couple weeks. We're hoping you can do that, but the problem is, you got a young team. You hope that they don't relax off of it and start doing things like you know split a series with the Cubs or get swept by the Athletics. Uh, you know, don't play down to your opponents in the same way that you play up right. to your opponents, and that's that's one of those things that'll come with time too. That they'll be better on two years from now when the Central is the most competitive division in baseball. You know, two, right. you know, three, four years from now. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I was going to say, um, how ridiculous! Uh, so I'm looking at the standings right now. First of all, the Rangers don't get any crap. They they don't take the flack that a lot of other organizations do that had really good teams but have never won anything. Have the Rangers ever won a World Series? You know what? I don't. Not that I can recall. They They've had that one a, team with uh, Josh Hamilton when he came back and was great for a couple years. They had him, and they, they didn't win. They got they got to a World Series, though, right, when they had Josh They got Hamilton. to a World Series, as far as I know. I remember uh, they got to one. They don't take any flack. Why don't they take flack for being a, a, an organization that can't get it done? Anyways, uh, and also, too, here's how good the Rays were. So I was just looking at the standings. So in the last 10 games, the Orioles, Blue Jays, and Red Sox are all eight and two in their last ten games. The Rays are three and seven in their last ten games versus that, and they're still one game up in the AL East. And right now, the AL East has the Rays and the Baltimore Orioles on the top, then the Blue Jays, Red Sox, Yankees. Is that insane to you? <laughs> I, I I don't know. It, it's, it, it's strange times. It is insane to me. It's it's insane to me that the you know that the Orioles are good because the Orioles have been so bad for so long now, like. Well, and the Cardinals are not good right now, which is right. strange as all get go. Uh, I know, and they so, and yeah. I don't know why they're not. They should be. That's the thing. Like, I was yeah. not tracking them doing a rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, and then the Pirates, the once the once mighty Pirates of the NL Central, have dropped, have lost nine of the last ten, and now they're eleven games behind the Brewers. Remember when they were in first place like a month ago? Yeah, it sure seems that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know that was over the Father's Day weekend, right? Yeah, when we, yeah. me and Andrew went to the games. Like, I think the Brewers and them were at the top. And yeah, somewhere there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about baseball anymore, man. Like, as to who's going to win, who's going to, you know, I think I think it's. I I really hate to say, it, but I think the Braves are going to go back to back. It it doesn't seem unlikely at this point. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to look at the Ra- the Rangers right now too while we're talking to try to see if they've ever won a World Series. And I don't think they have. I know I don't think they have. 
Because because you said that they've scored the most runs, and I'm like, well, here's another. No, I think Rangers their batting team. average, I think, is the highest batting average, I believe. High, highest batting average, and all I'm thinking to myself was, how come the Rangers are really good, like every four or five years? Have you ever noticed that? Like they're the best team in the AL, and then they just don't do anything, and nobody talks about. It. They get off the hook about it. Maybe down in Texas they're getting fried, but they don't care in Texas because that's a football state, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean. The, the the brewers take flack all the time. Well, we've never won a World Series, only made it to one in nineteen eighty two, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, maybe that's because we're here. But like <laughs> I I mean it, it's it's up that I don't think they've ever won anything. They and they've had and they've had they were the no, the Washington no, Senators. And then they moved to Texas in seventy two, didn't win a division title until ninety five. So they were the Senators as well? Yeah, they were the the senators before that. Because the twins were the senators before. I'm just trying to see. So yeah, it was uh, moving from Washington. The senators renamed the Rangers after the law enforcement agency. Huh. That's super interesting. That because they. What year was that 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 happened? Well, they were the Rangers, or they were the senators from '61 to '71. 61 to 71. So though that was the second incarnation of the senators because oh, the Minnesota man. Twins were the Washington Senators before they yeah. became the Twins too. They have a powder so, blue alternate uniform. Did you know this? I did know this. Man, but I've missed what I'm that. Getting, I love what blue. I'm getting at is how weird is that they had two teams and then they didn't have a team forever. And then they finally got one back from Montreal and they went, we're not going to do the Senators thing again because that doesn't work. We're going to go Nationals. Worked. And they won a World Series. <laughs> Yeah, they were the second Washington Senators team. They were a, a 1961 yeah. expansion team. That's amazing. Yeah, so they lost them to they lost them to Minnesota, and then immediately gave them an expansion team. Oh wait! Oh my God, that's crazy. This is amazing. See, first AL ball club, the second Washington Senators moved to Minnesota. Oh jeez, the original Washington oh, the second, Senators. Se- this is the third Washington Senators team. I'm sorry. We were very wrong. They were the third Washington Senators. The original one played in the 1890s. Wow. <laughs> uh, and they were a National League team. I don't know. This is our deep dive into the stupid nonsense of the history of baseball. Where, Here we go. There, I, did Here not, we I knew there was go. a Washington Senators, but I did not know there were three Washington Senators teams. I yes, like I did also know there were there are two Milwaukee Brewers franchises and the first yes. one is now the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Yes. You are correct. And there's no, a small Harman, monument to that. Har- Harmon Killebrew played his first 1 2 and, 3 4 5 6 Yeah, seven, with Washington, yeah. 7 7 seasons with Washington. Mhm. And he moved with the that team. I, to, I mean, he was 18 years old when he started playing for them. And of and course, you know, when he moved, they moved to Minnesota. They played the Metropolitan Stadium, which mm-hmm. is where what is right now, Aaron? Mall of America. Correct. The home plate is still Actually, there. Have you seen oh, it? No. Mall is okay. So, yeah. So Met is where Mall of America is, and yeah. then the the hockey arena is where the parking lot is now, right? Oh, I don't know. Where the North Stars played was right across the street from Met. Oh, okay. Okay then. No, where's yeah. home? Where's home? Is home plate in Mall it's, of America? It's inside the Mall of America. If you go to the ground floor, you can actually find it. Home plate is on the floor. It's the old, the exact spot where home plate was is there on the ground wow. in the Mall of America. It's kind of awesome to see. If you, right. Next time you're there, go check it out. Um, hey, just and, and, hey, before we get off the topic, yeah. So if and if nobody's ever went and looked at like Harmon Killebrew stats, go check it out. 
that dude had 573 home runs, but only 2,086 lifetime base hits. <laughs> One quarter of all of his base hits were home runs. Jeez. And in the 1960s, he hit starting in 1960. Here's his home run numbers from 1960 on. Okay. In 60, 31, 46, 48, 45, 49, 25. He was injured that year. 39, <laughs> 44, 17 injured that year. 49, 41, 28, 26 from the ages of that was from the age 23 to the age of 35. Nice. A dude was a machine. Yeah. Well, also, led like, the league in, also led the league in strikeouts all those years, too. Go look at Hank Aaron. I don't, he never had a 50 home run season. Never did. It's not the no, way. It's not the way he, just, he just consistently hit 35 every god dang year. Every year. He was, yeah, he was just out there. But, but right. Hank was also hitting for average, too. Yeah. And he was, was an a, incredible fielder. He, he had every. He was a five. His five. He's the best five tool player of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And early Barry Bonds was pretty good. Early. But he didn't last as long before he had to find ways to make it last. Um, Okay, so we're going to shift gears here. We've got a couple smaller things we'll get to. First off, primarily to uh, appease a certain judge in Marathon County who would love to hear us talk more about Badger recruiting. We've been trying to fill it in here. Um, (laughs) Badger football now might have the best recruiting class it's ever had. It is now up to eight four-star recruits. I mean, wow. like for the 2024 class, that's maybe uh, Matower, the quarterback, Amelia uh, Agard is the safety we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, Kevin Hayward, Grant Steck, uh, then then the running backs, Darian Dupree and Dylan Jones, who both are four-star running backs who've committed. And my son just told me this, the Badgers currently have more four-star running backs in their 24 class than the Minnesota Gophers have four-star players. Boy. <laughs> Uh, Emerson Mandel Boy. also so um, and then just this last week uh, Anelu Lafaele uh, out of Hawaii who I'm not just saying this because he's from Hawaii but it, it's amazing he's also from Hawaii but very much like um, who just left I mean just uh, now I'm forgetting his name uh, he just went to the Steelers in a late round pick after having a terrible combine um Gosh, the guy we just lost. Basically, he's a 222-pound edge rusher. He's, I mean, he'll get into a Big Ten locker room. He'll put on some weight, and, and, and that'll be good for him. But, I mean, he's going to be a smaller edge rusher, which works just fine in the Badgers type of defense, and it's going to work mm-hmm. fine with what they do. But, I mean, NFL, he's going to go inside, right? I mean, right. a lot of these guys go inside. I'm um, forgetting the guy who played with the, the Browns for a number of years, then went to Jacksonville. Uh, Schobert was an outside backer, okay. Joe Schobert, and then was a very good inside backer in the NFL. But, you know, what what they need a pass rusher to do at that level versus the NFL level is very different and changes. But, yeah, getting eight different guys here, including a three, four-star offensive lineman in this next class coming up. And, uh, you know, uh, Agard, uh, the corner, or whatever. Sorry, uh, getting getting four star corner, getting several three star safeties, I believe, at this point too, and then adding a good edge rusher along with his team. Uh, this is a building into a really good class, and it's going to be exciting to see. Uh, there, there's a couple other guys that we'll be looking at in the next couple weeks. I'm trying to see who's uh, Liam Andrews is going to be announcing soon. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Offensive lineman, the Packers, or the Badgers, pardon me, 
already have the four stars in three different spots on that group, so it's going to be hard to kind of know all of that. But it'll be interesting to see some of that. Um, there's, uh, you know, several different incre increasing numbers of um, players coming in for visits and everything as well. So this is going to be an interesting, interesting set of, of, of players coming in for the 2024 class. They, they added a bunch of talent for this year, and a lot of it was by portal. I mean, remember, they, they added uh, basically a four-star wide receiver through the portal from USC. They added uh, Tyler uh, Mordecai out of SMU to play yeah, quarterback. Mordecai. Yeah, Mordecai. Yeah, and he's coming in to play quarterback. Yeah, he's coming in to play quarterback. Looks like he's kind of got the first spot locked down from, from what they've been doing in camps. Um, so yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch some of this coming out and I'm feeling very energized about this Badger team after what happened last year where I felt kind of like they lost energy throughout the season, you know, like they, they kept losing energy as the season went on. I think the increasing talent coming in is providing a, a step in terms of energy. I think getting guys from other winning programs to decide that they need to come to this program specifically to follow fickle and to be involved here is going to be a key part of this team. I think the guys they brought in on the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator they brought along are going to be key parts of what this team is going to look like going forward. And like I keep saying, having these young quarterbacks being able to show up at the Badgers offseason camps when guys who are still deciding where to go are going to show up and see the guys who are probably going to throw them the ball uh, is going to increase the ability of getting guys at that wide receiver spot. And I think we're going to see a lot more interest out of this receiver room this next year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see this. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic in that I'm, um, well, incautiously optimistic. I'm feeling very optimistic <laughs> about this team and about this team going forward with the guys they've brought in for the next recruiting class. And then that 2024 class, uh, which should have some very interesting names going forward. And a lot of them still out there, new guys getting offered all the time. Like we said, already the eye on a couple people in that 2025 class, including already getting another quarterback to come in. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The, uh, La Faele, uh, like uh video that he did, his announcement video was kind of fun. He had four buddies. He's in Hawaii. So he's on a boat, right? Cause you should, he has four buddies stand up with the hats and shirts on, and he just starts pushing off universities. So he's pushing his buddies off into the water off the boat <laughs> just it's so funny it's 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 a good way it's a, it's a clever way and then they're all doing the the w you know the two-handed w uh for wisconsin on theirs it's fun and good seeing that and good seeing that that fickle and this entire crew continues to add players to this uh so that's that's something i find very fun like we said um uh, lafaele is is the guy we, we added I, he's 6'3 222 so room to add some uh, some power onto that and some strength onto that. The other thing that's interesting, I just wanted to throw it out here, Destiny Hooven, who if you've been listening, Destiny Hooven is a name you know, uh, as is um, uh, Jason Suarez, because they're both track athletes who we've talked about going to the Big Ten title, uh, and they also both qualified for the Nationals. Uh, Suarez in shot put. And uh, Destiny Hooven in the uh, hurdles. She's in the 110 high hurdles, and I believe in the 300 hurdles. But either way, the 110, for sure she went on. But both of them are going to be competing for Team USA at the NACAC 
uh, Games, which is the North America, Central America, and Caribbean Athletic Association. And they have their own games, and it will be in Costa Rica. So everybody, learn how to run, because maybe they'll send you to Costa Rica. Right. And whatever you can do that will get you a trip to Costa Rica, put in that work. Get out right now. Put, you know, Turn this on while you're doing it, of course, but then put on your headphones, put on your sneakers, and get outside and go run five miles and start figuring out how to be a, you know, a 5K runner for the University of Wisconsin and then figure out how to get into the NACAC uh, AA uh, so that you can go to Costa Rica. Because even if you're not winning a gold medal or going on to a professional career, y- you get to go to Costa Rica for free. That would be kind of awesome. So uh, two Badgers going down to Costa Rica to compete in the uh, U23 championships uh, for for this, and that that's, that's a lot of fun. That'll be a really cool story for them, and uh, it's good for Badger track, I think. So... Those are things that I think are important to talk about uh, and bring up here as well. I guess the only other thing to say is the Northwoods League continues rolling. Madison Mallard's take an early lead in the second half. As you remember, the um, Green Bay Rockers won the first half and are already in the playoffs. They start out the second half 5-9 and nine and are in last place in the Great Lakes West. The Dock Spiders are 7-9. and nine. Uh, The Lakeshore Chinooks and the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters both 7-8. and eight. Woodchuck seven and seven, and leading the way are the Mallards at nine and six. Lacrosse loggers, who finished, I believe, dead last in the first half, are eleven and two in the second half. Started off gangbusters. They've had an eight-two run, so they won their first three, you know, and then been eight-two in the last ten. They are a full game ahead of the Waterloo Bucks, who are eleven and four. Uh, oh, I, I, go ahead. I do remember. I do remember. I was going to say um, you were talking about that. So back when we used to uh, up on WBC, when we used to cover the Duluth Huskies, and yeah. that was like my first introduction to real, you know, I knew when I was a kid, like rookie leagues and stuff had rookie league baseball back in the days of the Helena Brewers and stuff like that. There mm-hmm. was first and second half titles. Yeah. I always thought how weird would that be if they did that in major league baseball? Yeah. It's, it would be Cause I mean, the all-star game is basically a first half. Yeah. The, Red, the Reds would be in already basically. Right. Yeah. The Brewers would be fighting to have a better second half record, which they're doing fine on. But yeah, it's interesting because like Eau Claire is already in. They won the first half and they are six and nine, second to last, right at, just ahead of the Thunder Bay Border Cats in the uh, Great Plains nice. East. So the loggers having a chance. If Eau Claire and Lacrosse can both get in, that would be phenomenal. I would be very excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Also, I mean, the entire Great Lakes West is just Wisconsin teams. So whoever comes out of there, we got mm-hmm. the Rockers. Um, I'm partial, obviously, to the the Rafters and the Loggers. Those are two teams that I was in the city when that team was founded, and mm-hmm. I, I like both of those. But I also, as we know, love the Doc Spiders because that's such a great name. I'm impartial to the Duluth Huskies, who are never any good, and then <laughs> the Thundercats because they're the only Canadian team. Border Cats. Or sorry, Border Cats. I love the Thundercats too, though. But, Thundercats uh... too. <laughs> the Border Cats. The Border Cats. I got to go uh, when we were covering for WBC one time. I got to ride up. Uh, they were doing a, a two game stint. They were going up to. They went up to Thunder Bay for two games, and I got to go up there, and be the on site production guy. I was like twenty two nice. years old, just done with college, and like so. Dennis threw me a bone and gave me like twenty dollars a day in per diem <laughs> to go up there and 
to, to set up the technical equipment for the guy calling the game, even though he could do it himself. Nice. But uh, I wanted to go up to Canada. Yeah, it was fun. Fabulous. Nice little, yeah, it's 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 fun, and I it, and I still want to get back up to. Now we live the opposite direction away from Duluth. From it, um, they have baseball is huge in Winnipeg awesome. in the summertime. Well, Josh and I are planning on going to Winnipeg next December. So for we what won't, we won't be watching baseball, but uh, we want to go see the Jets play. Yeah, the Winnipeg Why Jets. Not? Yeah, Winnipeg's a cool town, dude. Yeah. I love Winnipeg. Winnipeg's very different. It's the it's one of the most <laughs> unique cities you'll ever be in. It's in the middle of nowhere. It is. We're excited. I, we're definitely going to go see some First Nations restaurants. That's what we're excited about too. That should be good. There's time. a there's a lot of stuff up there. There's yeah. a lot of stuff to take in. We'll have to talk about. It. Let me know when you guys are going up there. I'll let you. I'll good, I'll good. clue you into some stuff up there. But there's some cool stuff to see. I want to get up there for. I would love to get up there so we can see a Blue Bombers game and nice. uh, I forget the name of their baseball team. But I would love to. They have a baseball stadium right downtown on the river. Cool. Um, and they will be love playing to, in December. But yeah. It, no, th- that's what I'm saying. I would love to get up there sometime in the summertime because we went up there in November for a Bare Naked Ladies concert. Ooh. And you know, so it's already on the edge of winter, so a lot of stuff was shut down. But, but like Canada, everybody's super nice. Yeah, it's it's weird. All they 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 don't fix they they don't tear down their old buildings. They just fix them up. So there's <laughs> like lots of old architecture. Cool. Um, yeah, Winnipeg's a cool town. Like if you have a reason to get up there, um, Somersault is the big uh, Canadian music festival every year. We're too old for that stuff now, but Somersault's up there. Um, Truth be told, it's a long way, though. From Duluth, it was a eight-hour drive. It was just as far away as Chicago, except through the except through the trees and the plains. Nice. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a, I, if if you get one chance to get up there, um, it's it's not like a jewel. It's no. not you know, it's not like Calgary that's up in the mountains. You know, Calgary. there's not, it's literally a, a city in the middle of the plains, mm-hmm. and it's the biggest city in the Great Plains. Okay. Yeah, if we're, we're excited of, about the trip. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If you think about it, yeah. So lots of the culture up there. Uh, a lot of uh, the museum, Museum de Manitoba is uh, <laughs> one of the best museums I've ever been in my life. Um, everything that went out through Hudson Bay started in Winnipeg and cool. came up the Red River from Minnesota. It's Winnipeg's super cool. Cool, cool. Check Before it out. Before we go, I do want to ask you just one brief thing, Bucks related. Hey, Three how excited time. are you about the whatever stupid name it's been given for the in-season championship thing they're doing now. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not. I'm no, I'm, I'm opposite of you. I'm very positive on it. Oh, I think, I think, it'll, so I, think I really think it's a good idea. I okay, think it's, tell me why it, it, I'm willing gonna, to be sold. Everyone's going to poo poo it as long as so only two teams end up having more games, you know, and they don't, it doesn't count towards a record and that'll be the two in the championship. However, they figure out how to do that. So everybody still ends up with 82 games at the end of the year. Um, because basketball is stupid for the first half of the year. Yes. It, it well, is, for the entire no, year, for the entire, the entire year, year, the regular season is crap. It's until garbage. you get to the playoffs, you know, like, I don't know how you incentivize it to make it worth it, but like, you don't, I mean, who cares? Other European sports and stuff like that do this stuff too. You know, I think relegation should be, you know, relegation I'd be for that. I, yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm all for relegation, but if we can get like in pro football too and everything else, like I would love to see um, Cleveland get relegated and the University of Alabama make it to the NFL. But anyways, um, um, <laughs> I'm uh, I, I, anything. It's fine. You know, the Christmas Day games are fun. 
But I yeah. mean, if there can be some weight put behind it where there's like a midseason tournament too, sure, why not? Let's try something different because otherwise it's stale and stupid. I just, I just know from playing like the FIFA games and playing in like all these weird little things, they have these in-season games that matter for tournament stuff and in-season tournament. But it's like, tell me one NBA player that'll care about that more than the 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 O'Brien Trophy. I mean, like, so that's the hard part is like, do the players ever care about this? And the best part, and here's the funniest take ever on this, is I believe it it, it might have been uh, our our buddy Barry, Barry Mackinar, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm not gonna say it the way it's written. Just you know, you know Barry Barry on sports, and his take is that um, the minute LeBron James wins one, we'll all have to point out that you know my, Michael Jordan never won one of these. Right. <laughs> One of these in-season championship yeah, no, league I mean, things. It's... It'll be so great because it'll be another fake thing that we can add on to talk about how current players are so great because they've won all these things. Like every time they talk about like no no player has more postseason home runs than Derek Jeter or something. I don't know if that's true, but either way, Derek Jeter played way more games because there was a wild card game when he played the other teams. You won your league in the season and then played one World Series. There was a World Series and there was no other playoff. That was right. the entire playoff for all of Babe Ruth's life. His entire life was there was no Eastern Division. There was there you won the American League. You played in the World Series. That was your playoff. Um, when you start talking about like oh well, you know nobody's won more playoff games than Tom Brady. Like there was no wild card when when uh, Bart Starr was winning five titles in seven years. There was no wild card game. He didn't get to rack up all these wins against some hapless wild card team that went wasn't nine just, and it was seven. One, it was one playoff, and then and then the the world the championship. It was like the East and the, yeah. the West, and then you were in. And I mean, it's like right. if you go back further, Don Hudson never got to play in many because it was like you won the East in the regular season, you played the West, and right. so it's like yeah, you there was one playoff game, and it was the championship game. So it's such a dumb thing to say now when they're like, oh, he's got the most ever. Or are the people who say things like, did you know that A.J. Hawk is the Packers' all-time leading tackler? Which is also not true because there is no official stat for tackles in the NFL. It's officially not a stat yet. Which right. is why it always screws up your, your fantasy football because you have to wait overnight. Because yeah. it's not an official stat. You have to wait for the team to report their own tackles. Uh, right. But also, according to any of those things, Ray Nitschke never had any tackle. He's never made a tackle because they didn't count them. Also, Deacon Jones, no official sacks. Not one. Although he probably has like like 300. Sacks didn't exist back then. They didn't exist. So when people say these things, it's such a ridiculous lack of historical context. And this is just another great way of creating a new lack of historical context for our grandchildren to say stupid things about Wilt, you know, Chamberlain and how he never won that and like it mattered. Wilt well, couldn't you know, own anybody. Yeah, you know, and but you know, if you're right, it's like people in the 1800s had just as good dental hygiene as we did back then. It's just, <laughs> it's just not reported, John. It's not reported. They didn't have the ability to report it. <laughs> That's right. But things don't change, things don't evolve. We should just stay stagnant and not do anything. I don't know. That, I'm, I'm just saying it's hilarious because it will be but something. Let's just, let's but just that will live happen. In the past. Let's live in the past. You and I know it will know. happen. You and I know this will happen, right?
Yeah, I hope it happens. I'm very pro. I'm very pro it. <laughs> no, no, like, I mean, like, the... they will pretend that it matters that Michael Jordan never won oh, one of these. Yeah. Well, Somebody will do this. Listen. Yeah, well, I know, because people are idiots. So Right, that's the point I'm making, is that, like, I'm, nobody I'm understands. Past, I'm already past that. Like, I know that's going to happen. I just, but, like, first that's off... like the same people that tell me that James Harden's a great basketball player. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. But I guess my thing is, do you, do you honestly think that the players are going to care about this championship? This I can new... make seven. I can make seven out of ten free throws too when I'm wide open or a lot step backwards. Right. You know, maybe okay. not at the NBA level, but James Harden's <laughs> not that great. But yet no. they still pay him like 160 million dollars a year. Anyway, sorry, John. You were saying. Uh, do, do you think that the NBA players are honestly going to care about this in-season championship? Maybe. Maybe if the international players make a big deal about it. I don't know. We'll see. Because 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 right now the rise of the international player against the U.S. players is is uh, full throttle. I think it's more especially especially after Jokic winning so handily. I think it's more a soccer thing than an international basketball thing, though. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like if they make a big deal out of it, if Giannis and Jokic and Doncic and you know, I think here's quite honestly, I think it's dumb, but I think it's worth a try because the regular season's terrible. It's it's the worst regular season in sports. That's where I'm at. It's not a terrible idea. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Right. What what else are you gonna do to spice up midseason NBA basketball? And you can always There's ditch nothing, it. Nothing you can do. It's an easily ditched idea too. It's, it's and super. And you're easily not. Ditched. And you're not gonna get rid of games. No. You're not gonna get across the oh you only have to play 61 games. How much do teams lose by not having those other 20 games, especially the yeah. good teams? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched Bucks t- see, I've watched Bucks tickets rise almost 75 percent in the last three years <laughs> because yeah. they're winning. Yeah, it's almost impossible to get into it in game, but um, on a on a budget, you know, you're you're going to have to plan, you know, if you make yeah. the kind of money I make, you know, to get into one of those games. Um, but I mean, we, me and Ruby got into Game Six against the Nets for like four hundred dollars. The starting ticket in the first round last year was four hundred dollars <laughs> for back row, you know. So and we were front row, upper deck. Like for that game, so um, anyhow, yeah, um, I just wanted to talk. I, about I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy that they're trying something because the NBA is about to, I, about to hit the point of just super bland. You know, if it sense. wasn't for the if it wasn't for the international players having some sense of integrity and trying to play the game to the best of their ability, if it was still just all U.S. players. It would be the most boring thing on earth to watch. It would be Harden versus Durant week in and week out. <sighs> Think right. about that. Think about that. <laughs> All right. All right, Aaron. Well, it's been a good week. I've, I've, I've enjoyed this a, a great amount. I'd like to thank all of our, our many followers here in Wisconsin, across the U.S. and around the world. We're grateful to have you with us. Uh, remember to go into wherever it is that you download our podcast. Give us a five-star rating. It helps other people to find the podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank you again and remind you to go to Twitter and follow us at Scotty Johnny Pod, at Not So Humble Host, and at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.